Hello everyone and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby Podcast. I am your host, Teresa Reese. Thank you. Thank you very much. And, excuse me, I will be reading a poem out of my book of poetry entitled... A Strong-Willed Mind, Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. You are appreciated. Thank you so, so much. And the name of the poem is entitled Believe. Excuse me. For those of you that know, (laughs) this is a daily struggle for me. But we're going to get through this, okay? So... The name of the poem is entitled Believe, and here we go. No matter what you're going through, you never are alone. Jesus loves you very much. He is there for you to hold you. You might not even understand What is happening right now? But let the Lord fight your battles. It's not for you to figure out. Excuse me. It shouldn't be hard for you to do. Believe me when I say. It only takes a few minutes of your time. To humble yourself and pray. He'll never leave you or forsake you. Excuse me. The words he speaks are true. You can trust him with your whole heart. The old you becoming new. His way is life. And liberty. Believing in him changes everything. He believes in you. Although you may doubt yourself. He sends encouragement. And his angels to help. When you run out of answers. That's when he'll say, just pray. Which is his way of telling you? You can always talk to me. He's a present help in times of trouble. He offers you abundant life. There is only one thing that you must do. That is, accept Christ in your life. He wants to be your Lord and Savior. And the master of your soul. Why don't you try him for yourself? 
Don't let the enemy destroy you. God's love is like no one else's. He truly does adore you. So trust in his ways with all of your heart. And don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Let him direct your path. He's the best choice you could make. Believe, believe, believe. Excuse me. So I hope that you all have had the most amazing evening, morning, afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this episode. So once again, I was awakened at four something in the morning. And I was unctioned to record an episode. Excuse me. I am not going to complain because I am very, very grateful. (sighs) However, the way my sleep is set up, I am very, very sleepy. (laughs) But this is one of my most favorite pastimes, and that is speaking to you. So, to no avail, I am going to bid adieu, adieu. (laughs) and I am going to proceed with talking about wives in the Bible. So, um, if you've been listening to my episodes, and I do apologize in advance, y'all, I am having an internal war an internal battle because I really am sleepy and I am, I guess (laughs) obedience is taking a whole nother turn for me and that in times past, and I don't know if this is you, but for me, what I recognize is that there would be times that I would hear a still small voice speak to me and I would dismiss it because I did not believe that it was the Holy Spirit, that it was an angel of the Lord unctioning me and telling me you need to do this. And many times what would happen was if I dismissed that voice It may be a few days later. It may be a few hours later. It may even be a few minutes later. Something would take place that would confirm that the voice that I heard was God's. And have you ever been with or been in a situation where this may have happened to you? And you're like, something told me. To do X, Y, and Z. Excuse me. And a lot of times, I believe, because maybe we didn't understand why it was happening the way that it was happening or 
the timing just seemed weird to us or it seemed off to us, we would not act on that voice. And so as time has gone on, what I am beginning to understand is the importance of listening to that voice, even if I don't understand it at the time. Because I am not the author and the finisher of my faith. God is. And so if that is you, maybe that is the reason why I was awakened a little bit past 4 a.m. to go ahead and record this episode. Now, for those of you who do not know, I am a divorced single mother of six adult children. Excuse me. And I have one grandson by the grace of, of God. His name is Amar and I just cherish, adore him and love him so much. Not saying that I don't know my children, but it's <laughs> something different about being a grandparent. Um, and so one of the things that I try to do on this on these episodes on this here podcast, the Dear Future Hubby podcast is to speak my truth in love. Now, you have every right to agree to disagree. I am not trying to force my beliefs on you. I am not trying to force my perspective on you. I'm not even trying to force my choices on you. What I am merely doing is taking a moment out of the day to ponder on some of my past decisions made, some of my present decisions made, and trying to be very mindful that if my desire, if my heartfelt desire is to be married, remarried again someday, that it is done decent and in order, and that I am mindful of what it takes to be a great, phenomenal wife. And I want to model after Proverbs 31. So for those of you who don't know um, what the Bible says about Proverbs 31, I am going to share that with you from the Message Bible. So, so in Proverbs 31, now I wasn't planning on doing this, so you may hear a little, you may hear some typing um, because I wasn't planning on even going there. But, so Proverbs 31, I'm just going to say chapter 31. Proverbs chapter 31 in the Message Bible. Now, I love to read from the Message Bible because I feel like it's more relatable for me. You may have a different perspective and that is okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. So. And it is Proverbs 31 verse verses 10 through 31. So here it goes. It says a good woman is hard to find and worth far more 
than diamonds. In some Bibles, it says rubies. Her husband trusts her without reserve and never has reason to regret it. Never spiteful, she treats him generously all her life long. She shops around for the best yarns and cottons and enjoys knitting and sewing. She's like a trading ship that sails to faraway places and brings back exotic surprises. She's up before dawn preparing breakfast for her family and organizing her day. She looks over a field and buys it. Then, with money she's put aside, plants a garden. First thing in the morning, she dresses for work, rolls up her sleeves, eager to get started. She senses the worth of her work, is in no hurry to call it quits for the day. She's skilled in the crafts of home and hearth. Diligent in homemaking. She's quick to assist anyone in need. Reaches out to help the poor. She doesn't worry about her family when it snows. Their winter clothes are all mended and ready to wear. She makes her own clothing. And dresses in colorful linens and silks. Her husband is greatly respected when he deliberates with the city fathers. She designs gowns and sells them, brings the sweaters she knits to the dress shops. Her clothes are well made and elegant, and she always faces tomorrow with a smile. When she speaks, she has something worthwhile to say, and she always says it kindly. She keeps an eye on everyone in her household and keeps them all busy and productive. Her children respect and bless her. Her husband joins in with words of praise. Many women have done wonderful things, but you've outclassed them all. Charm can mislead and beauty soon fades. The woman to be admired and praised is the woman who lives in the fear of God. Give her everything she deserves. Adorn her with praises. There may be more to this, so let's just see. That's it. Yep, that's it. So, Proverbs 31, 10 through, I believe, 10 through 31. Yep. So, that is what is referred to as the Proverbs 31 woman. So, as I go on this journey of singleness, and as I redefine who it is that I desire to become, which is the very best version of self, 
I've been taking a journey and I've been taking you all on the journey with me. I hope you don't mind. And I've been reading verses out of the Bible where it speaks to the different wives in the Bible. And I'm doing this for a few reasons, a couple of reasons, whatever, but reasons nevertheless. <laughs> One is to know what I desire and to see how to be a very good wife to my future hubby. The other is to see what not to do. So as I go on this journey and I'm learning and discovering who I am, I'm also reading about the different wives in the Bible and how they handled certain situations. And I can only speak for me, but I've actually been intrigued by a lot of what I've read because in the past, when I would read scriptures, I would just read them at face value. And we have a tendency, if we're not careful, to do that, to just read, just to be reading, so to speak. But I have changed that perspective. And so now when I'm reading, I'm reading to get an understanding and I'm reading to broaden my perspective and to tr I'm literally, literally trying to put myself in these character shoes to see how I would have handled that situation or how they potentially handled that situation. And if you've ever been in a situation would you or would you not agree that it becomes more helpful when you take your a different stance and you actually take the time to look at it from all perspectives? So what I'm learning to do, which is something that I can truly say that I've never done, um, I'm learning how to look at things from different perspectives. And so by reading these scriptures, it is helping me to do that. And I'm actually enjoying it. <laughs> I'm actually enjoying this journey. Um, and so even though it may take me a moment at times to readjust myself so that I am here and present with you and awakened, um, that's only because I'm not used to waking up at four something in the morning. But I believe that there's something that is being stirred up in me where this will eventually no longer be foreign to me, that it'll be part of my norm. And I welcome that because as I was reading Proverbs 31, that is something that the wife would do. She would wake up before dawn in order to prepare her household for her family. So that is something that I've not done. And I'm pretty, I'm not ashamed to say it because, you know, when you know better, you're supposed to do better. And if I was only reading scriptures at face value in the past, then I would have known to do better. <laughs> but to be able to see, and I've heard people say this, and I've, I've seen the fruit of their labor. I, I believe it's even in the 
it's a book, I believe, called um, Seven Habits of Successful People. And I believe it talks to that as well about waking up early. And when you make it a habit of waking up early, I'm paraphrasing because I haven't read that book or a part of that book in a while. But it speaks to if I'm not mistaken, if I am, please forgive me. But I do believe that it speaks to waking up early in the morning so that you are able to start your day. So this is something that, although it's mentioned in the Bible, good habits begin early. And so if I'm wanting to become the best version of myself, that means that some of these old habits that I have formed are going to be, they're going to have to lay by the wayside. They're going to have to fall away and I'm going to have to create brand new habits. So if getting up early in the morning is going to become one of my habits, how better, what better of a way to form that habit than to speak to you? So I'm super excited about this process as I'm learning and discovering more about myself. Okay, so what I wanted to do, because the last time I was on here, which was almost a week ago, let me speak to that to that too, for those of you that don't listen to me often. Um, there was a time where I was on daily. When I was first starting my episodes and starting this podcast back in January of 2021, I was on daily. That time has since passed. So now what I'm trying to do is to come on at least once a week. Now, if you have not heard many of my episodes, you are more than welcome to go way, 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 way back to the beginning. There's plenty of material to listen to. There's plenty of content to listen to. And so during that downtime, so to speak, where you're not hearing from me, um, you're more than welcome to tune into other episodes. Um, and I believe that there's something for someone and something for everyone, depending on where you are at in your own journey of life. And so I don't want to discourage you. Um, but if you are someone who has gotten used to listen to my episodes on a daily basis, the only thing that I can recommend, um, because as time is changing for me and the seasons are changing for me, I'm not saying that I won't be doing daily ever again. I don't know what the future holds. But what I am saying is that I'm literally trying to come on once a week. Now, eventually, I believe there will be a point in time I need for the righteous and fervent prayers that availeth much to go before me that I will be on a schedule. I have just not figured that out. And I literally am an impromptu individual. And as it is laid on my heart to record, that is what I do. Now, this may not be every podcaster's testimony, but it is mine. So if that is an irritant for some of you, I apologize. But it's one of those sorry, not sorry, <laughs> because I got to be obedient to what is what is good for me. And so um, seasons change and people do, too. So I get it. If this is an irritant for you, bars, <laughs> anytime that happens, I have to say that. But anyway, so 
that just means I'm rhyming and didn't intend to rhyme. And so, yeah, I'll say bars for that reason. But anywho, I digress. So if this is a deterrent for you, if this is an irritant for you, my apologies. Um, but yes, I am trying to figure me out. I'm trying to figure out everything else I got going on. Remember, I said in the beginning, I'm a grandparent. So my time is divided divided differently now. And I'm not always with my grandson, but there is a level of grandparenting that has taken place in my life where my days are just different for me. Um, and so some of that is in preparation for when I see him. The other of that is just life in general. So I'm trying to figure this out, as I'm sure you may be as well. And so there are times when seasons change. We just have to be prepared for those changing of seasons and work with what we have. So right now I'm coming on once a week, trying to do this within every, within every seven days I'm trying to come on. Um, but I have not found a schedule just yet, but I will keep you informed when I do. Okay. All right. So now what I would like to do is speak to another wife of the Bible. And this is going to be found out of Luke chapter one. The verses will be one through 25 and then 57 through 80. And this also will be read out of the message Bible. So here we go. Oh. So last time when I was on here, I spoke to Mary and Joseph. Just a quick recap. Mary was a virgin. She got impregnated by God. An angel visited Joseph, told him to, because they were engaged to be married. He was feeling some type of way, embarrassed a little bit, not really knowing what to do about that situation and was contemplating on breaking the engagement off and he was trying to do it in a discreet fashion and then an angel visited him and told him go ahead and marry Mary God has impregnated her the Holy Spirit impregnated her um, and she is going to she's going to have a son and you should name him Emmanuel also Jesus. So he went ahead and married Mary, did not know her intimately. They did not consummate the marriage until after Jesus was born. And so what I spoke to is who do you trust? Because at that level, you got to be willing to trust that someone that is telling you that they have never been with a man and then they end up pregnant. You got to believe her at her word. So I spoke to what Joseph must have been going through. But I also spoke to what Mary as his future wife must have been going through. And what that looked like for me. You might have a different understanding after reading that for yourself. But that's what I spoke to on the last episode. And at the end, what I was really speaking to was trusting God. Because sometimes... We may not be able to trace God, 
But it doesn't mean that God is not working things out for us. It may not come the way we expect it to come. It may not look the way we expect it to look. It may not even be in the package we expect it to be in. But if we trust God, it'll be worth it. So that's what I spoke on on last, spoke about on last episode. And you would have to go to that episode. It's called Who Do You Trust? Um, in order to get a more in-depth understanding of what I spoke to. So now I'm going to speak about the wife, Elizabeth, and her husband, Zachariah. So here we go. So many others have tried their hand at putting together a story of the wonderful harvest of scripture and history that took place among us using reports handed down by the original eyewitnesses who served this word with their lives, their very lives. Since I have investigated all the reports in close detail, starting from the story's beginning, I decided to write it all out for you. Most honorable Theophilus, so you can know beyond the shadow of a doubt the reliability of what you were taught. During the rule of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest assigned service in the regiment of Abijah. His name was Zechariah. His wife was descended from the daughters of Aaron. Her name was Elizabeth. Together, they lived honorably before God, careful in keeping to the ways of the commandments and enjoying a clear conscience before God. How many of us can honestly say that we are enjoying a clear conscience before God? But I digress. But they were childless because Elizabeth could never conceive. And now they were quite old. It so happened that as Zachariah was carrying out his priestly duties before God, working the shift assigned to his regiment, it came his one turn in life to enter the sanctuary of God and burn incense. The congregation was gathered and praying outside the temple at the hour of the incense offering. Unannounced, the angel of God appeared just to the right of the altar of incense. Zechariah was paralyzed in fear. But the angel reassured him, don't fear, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Elizabeth, your wife, will bear a son by you. You are to name him John. You're going to leap like a gazelle for joy. And not only you, many will delight in his birth. He'll achieve great stature with God. He'll drink neither wine nor beer. He'll be filled with the Holy Spirit from the moment he leaves his mother's womb. 
he will turn many sons and daughters of Israel back to their God. He will herald God's arrival in the style and strength of Elijah. Soften the hearts of parents to children and kindle devout understanding among hardened skeptics. He'll get the people ready for God. Zechariah said to the angel, Do you expect me to believe this? I'm an old man and my wife is an old woman. But the angel said, I am Gabriel, the sentinel of God, sent especially to bring you this glad news. But because you won't believe me, you'll be unable to say a word until the day of your son's birth. Every word I've spoken to you will come true on time. God's time. Meanwhile, the congregation waited for Zechariah and was getting restless, wondering what was keeping him so long in the sanctuary. When he came out and couldn't speak, they knew he had seen a vision. He continued speechless and had to use sign language with the people. Now, where did he get sign language from, y'all? The man was speaking just fine before he went into the altar of God to burn the incense. He comes out, can't speak at all, but now all of a sudden he knows sign language. You can't tell me that there is not a God. Okay, I digress. When the course of his priestly assignment was completed, he went back home. It wasn't long before his wife Elizabeth conceived. She went off by herself for five months, relishing her pregnancy. So this is how God acts to remedy my unfortunate condition, she said. The next verse that was 1 through 25, now 57 through 80. Actually, I'm sorry. That was, yeah, that was 1 through 25. Now 57 through 80. Let's see what happens. When Elizabeth was full term in her pregnancy, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives, seeing that God had overwhelmed her with mercy, celebrated with her. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child and were calling him Zachariah after his father. But his mother intervened. No, he is to be called John. But they said, no one in your family is named that. They used sign language to ask Zachariah what he wanted him named. Okay, so now all everybody's speaking sign language. Okay, Jesus. All right, I digress. I'm not speaking against sign language. I just think it's pretty amazing that he went into an altar and he was speaking audibly, had an encounter with the angel of God, Gabriel, and comes out speaking sign language. And now all of his neighbors know how to speak sign language too. 
just an observation. I think it's pretty amazing. All right. So, asking for a tablet, Zachariah wrote, his name is to be John. That took everyone by surprise. Surprise followed surprise. Zachariah's mouth was now open, his tongue loose, and he was talking, praising God. A deep reverential fear settled over the neighborhood. And in all that Judean hill country, people talked about nothing else. Everyone who heard about it took it to heart, wondering, what will become of this child? Clearly, God has his hand in this. Then Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He came and set his people free. He set the power of salvation in the center of our lives and in the very house of David, his servant, just as he promised long ago through the preaching of his holy prophets, deliverance from our enemies and every hateful hand, mercy to our fathers as he remembers to do what he said he'd do what he swore to our father Abraham a clean rescue from the enemy camp so we can worship him without a care in the world made holy before him as long as we live and you my child Prophet of the highest will go ahead to the master to prepare his ways, present the offer of salvation to his people, the forgiveness of their sins through the heartfelt mercies of our God. God's sunrise will break in upon us, shining on those in the darkness, those sitting in the shadow of death, then showing us the way. One foot at a time, down the path of peace. The child grew up healthy and spirited. He lived out in the desert until the day he made his prophetic debut in Israel. So that was verse 57 through 80. And this was talking about John the Baptist and how he came to be. So Elizabeth was Zachariah's husband. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm still sleepy, y'all. Yeah, there's that. I'm still sleepy. So Elizabeth was Zachariah's wife. And she got pregnant by Zechariah after he had an encounter with the angel of God, Gabriel. And because Zechariah doubted what the angel of God said, his tongue was stuck to the roof of his mouth until John came to this earth. And was born. 
I have a question for you. Is anything too hard for God? Based off of what I just read, I would have to say no, absolutely not. Zachariah was old in age. Elizabeth was too. And until the angel of the Lord had came to prophesy to Zachariah, she was barren without child. And what I gather is that she was in an old age, not able to give birth to children at all. And then the angel of God shows up and lets Zachariah know you're going to get your wife pregnant and she's going to have a son and you're going to name him John. And Zachariah was bold enough to say, hey, you expect me to believe that? I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> you expect me to believe at this old ripe age that I'm going to get my wife pregnant. And she's old too, by the way, in case you didn't know. Paraphrasing. And you expect me to believe that? And Gabriel was like, because you doubt? <laughs> because you doubt. You won't be speaking when you leave this place, this altar, until the day your son is born. Because everything that I'm telling you that is about to come to pass, that God has used me to deliver to you, will come to pass. And your neighbors will celebrate this grand occasion. Everyone will rejoice for you and your wife. But you're not going to be able to say anything. But look at how God equipped him. So even though God took one thing away, which was his voice. And even though it would have appeared that he was voiceless, God is so amazing that he equipped Zachariah to still be able to speak to his wife and the people by using sign language. That's just how amazing God is. He still Gave him what he needed. Even though it wasn't through the vessel he was used to. So even though his tongue was now literally held up to where he couldn't speak anything. If he tried, he would sound like this. Uh, 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 uh. That's what he would sound like. So he couldn't even speak. That's how important our tongue is. Okay. There is power and life in your tongue. There is power and life in your tongue. Be careful what you say. That's just a side note. Be careful what you say. Listen to the words that come out of your mouth. Are you speaking subtle word curses on and over people? Are you allowing the enemy to use your tongue? Unaware. Based off of the things that you're saying against people or over people. Indifferent statements you may be making. Hateful statements you may be making. Be careful how you use your tongue. Or are you edifying others? Are you speaking with doubt? 
or are you speaking with dignity? The power of life and death is in our tongues. And if we're honest with ourselves, there may have been times where we were not mindful of the words spoken and the power that those words held. There's something that I do, and this is a side note, I wouldn't expect to go here. But now what I do when I start to hear people speaking word curses over me, whether it is subtle, directly or indirectly, I immediately go to rebuke mode. Now, they may never hear me rebuking them, but I literally am praying to God to counsel those word curses. Whether they are spoken over my family members, whether they are spoken over my children, whether they are spoken over my friends, whether they are spoken over my colleagues, I am constantly rebuking word curses because I know the power of the tongue. Now, there have also been times where I will openly rebuke. And if someone says, well, this is what's going to happen to so-and-so, I'm like, that's not going to be their testimony. So I automatically go into counsel, the canceling the assignment of the enemy because I recognize how Satan works. I recognize how his imps work. I haven't always been mindful of that. And so... Whenever I hear a word curse, I am quick to rebuke it. Be careful what you speak. If the power of life and death is in our tongues, we have the power to speak a thing that be not as though it is, but we can also speak a thing that be not as though it's not. We can come into agreement with the knot. So what I'm learning and what I've been learning and what I've been trying to focus on. I try to be mindful of what I watch. I try to be mindful of what I listen to. And I try to be mindful of what I meditate on. Because the very things that we think are the things that come to pass. So Zachariah had a moment of doubt and he had to pay for that doubt by not being able to speak for over nine months. Five of those months, Elizabeth went and relished in her pregnancy. So she wasn't even in under the same roof with him for five of the nine months. She went off and was basking in the fact that she was pregnant. She was enjoying the whole pregnancy process. She went into solitude until Mary showed up. And Mary stayed with her for three months out of her pregnancy. They were pregnant at the same time. Mary was pregnant with Jesus. Elizabeth was pregnant with John. Is anything too hard for God? And Elizabeth was obedient. So even though her husband could not speak with words, 
and he was only able to convey what he needed by writing something down or speaking in sign language. Somewhere off in there, because remember, remember, the angel went to Zechariah and told Zechariah what to name John. So there was a level of communication that took place between the two of them. Even while she was away, she knew that when they came together, she knew I'm to name this baby John. Zachariah affirmed that. So he had communicated to her, whether in sign language or writing it down, his name is to be John. So when the neighbors come and they're celebrating the both of them, and they're just like, oh, my God, Zachariah. See, they wanted Zachariah. They wanted John to be a Zachariah Jr. <laughs> they were trying to name him after Zachariah. And Elizabeth quickly said, no, his name is John. OK, his name is to be John. She wasn't worried about nobody's feelings. She wasn't worried about coming into agreement to, to please nobody. She wasn't trying to be a people pleaser. She was like, his name is John. And they're like, wait a minute, that's weird, though, because there's nobody in your family named John. Like, where did you get that name from? That's what? It would make more sense because the, I'm paraphrasing the legacy of Zachariah to continue in his name to be Zachariah Jr. <laughs> Zachariah the second or whatever. I'm paraphrasing. And they're like, Zachariah, what do you think in sign language? They're talking to him. And he literally grabs a pen and paper and says his name is John. There's no question there. So, of course, they're scratching their heads and they're surprised like what? But no sooner did he say that his name is John. No sooner did he write it on a tablet. He was able to begin. He got his voice back. His tongue fell and he was able to speak again. So he immediately went into praising God. And part of that praise could have been a prayer of remorse because he had doubted God. So part of his praise could have included, forgive me, God, for even questioning your abilities. Is anything too hard for God? I think not. So then he prophesies. John the Baptist in a lot of ways, was going to be who went before Jesus to prepare the people for the coming of Jesus. And he prophesied over his son. He spoke those things that were not as though they were. So as soon as he got his voice back, he used it to literally glorify God. And he used it to set John's future in motion. He used it to prophesy over his own child, but he used it for good. He went from doubting God to praising and reverencing God. He, in that time of him not being able to speak, he had enough time to reflect on what he would do differently had he regained his voice. And it was enough for him to know the moment that I get my voice back, I'm giving God all the glory because he didn't have to do what he did at this old age. I'm paraphrasing, but he did. 
Not only did he do what he said he was going to do with me and my wife, but he kept his word. It's anything too hard for God. We have a tendency to put God in our human minds. Not understanding that he's the great I am, the alpha, the omega, the beginning, the end. He's everything and everywhere. But we're the ones that have a tendency to put him in our mind box. When the Bible clearly tells us that our thoughts are not God's thoughts, our ways are not th- God's ways. It might, I might have just said that reverse. God's ways are not our ways and God's thoughts are not our thoughts. That's what the Bible tells us. But we have a tendency. If we can't fathom it, if we can't think it, if we can't see it, it's impossible to us. But I do recall reading in the scripture where it says, is anything too hard for God? So I ask you again, is anything too hard for God? So this is going to conclude my episode on today. I hope that you all have the most amazing evening, morning, afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this episode. But please, please, please do me a huge favor and take care of yourself because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl, Teresa. Y'all have a blessed one. Bye. And thank you so much for listening. Please share this episode. Oh, and one more announcement. Y'all have been rocking house. Do you hear me? Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I just announced not too long ago that we had reached over 20,000 listens. To date, literally almost seven days later, I think about seven days later. What's No, it's a little bit longer than that because the 15th of August is when we reached 20,000 listens. And then today is the... 30th of all. So 15 days later, we are at over 20,500 listens. I don't care what nobody says. God is amazing. Okay. If you don't know him, try him, honey. Try him. (laughs) Okay. But if you don't, that's your business. That is your business in my tab with the brown voice. So I hope that y'all have the most amazing evening, morning, afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this episode. But please, please, please do me a huge favor and take care of yourself because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl, Teresa. Y'all have a blessed one. Bye. And thank you so, so much for listening.